0: Facebook ads, they've been a tried and true way to grow businesses for years now, but gone are the days that you could just throw up an ad and print money. In today's world, you need a dialed in strategy. And as someone who doesn't know the ins and outs of Facebook ads, I wanted to bring on an expert and I brought on the best of the best, Adrienne Richardson, for today's episode. She's been the mastermind behind many Facebook ad campaigns for some of the biggest businesses out there. She's the owner and founder of PowerPlay Media, and she's the Facebook ad strategy running campaigns for Probably every ad you've seen on Facebook today, she spent more than 10 years and over $15 million in ad spend, mastering the art and science of using Facebook ads to generate more than 450,000 leads and $75 million in sales for her clients. Today, she has the honor of helping over 6,000 high level business owners create marketing strategies and allow their businesses to exponentially grow the revenue and impact the world. She's worked with some of the top names like Digital Marketer, Pete Vargas, Russ Rufino, Boss Babe, Michael Hyatt, Jen Gottlieb, Chris Weinfield, Shonda Sumter, Kendall Summerhawk, Emily Williams, Selena Sue, Think Media, and the list goes on. Today we dive in deep and I got Adrienne to spill a few of her secrets and literally give us the framework for creating powerful and effective Facebook ad campaigns. So if you ever wanted to add ads to what you're doing and do it right, especially in this changing landscape of digital marketing, then you're going to enjoy today's episode. So sit back and relax and enjoy my conversation with Adrienne Richardson. Well, Adrian, I'm so pumped to have you on the show. Um, we met, um, cu- it's now a couple of months ago now, I guess, in Arizona. We're in a mastermind together um, and had some time on the bus heading to the middle of nowhere in the desert to ride ATVs, um, you, me, and my wife, Shay. And uh, it was just cool to get to know a bit of your story there. And just, I was super blown away and super impressed with um, not only the clients that you've worked with, but just you as an entrepreneur, you're sharp, you're, um, strategic, and then you're a really good person. So I was like really, really excited to have you on this show to talk about the thing that I'm always making fun of, uh, which is paid ads and traffic because you're, you're the best at it and and you're world-class. And so I know we're going to help a lot of people. So that's just my long way of saying thank you for coming on the show.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about it. See what kind of a fight I can pick with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's people are in for a fight. I've been waiting for this. People, it's like, Graham versus the ads lady. Um, so let's, let's talk about it first, like how you got in your entrepreneurial journey. Like you started to share your story on that, that bus and it was fascinating to me. Um, so I know that you, you know, you're, you have a story like a lot of us kind a of normal nine to five job, maybe you lose a job. And I know you got into entrepreneurship through a magazine. So kind of tell me how that story happened. Give us a version of that. And then how did that get you into running ads for some of the biggest names in the business?
1: Yeah. Um, well, condensing my story down, I went from being in the military to getting a degree in public relations and working at an advertising agency in Philadelphia. And so I kind of started in the marketing, advertising, PR world before Facebook even existed when we still faxed press releases to the media to try to pitch stories, to get in the that's newspaper. Awesome. Can you believe it? Yes. And, um, and so kind of that's where I got started. And when I decided to start a family, I got laid off. And again, this was back during a time when things like that were just commonplace and nobody questioned it. And so I was pregnant and I didn't have a job and I was like, nobody's going to hire me and I was attending uh, unemployment. In order to keep collecting an unemployment check, you had to attend classes.
0: Hey, friend, we'll get back to the episode in just a moment, but I wanted to give you a gift for hanging out with me today. I want to give you my 30-day online income jumpstart guide. This is a four-week checklist, bullet points, to go from zero audience, zero customers, maybe even zero idea of what your business should be, to putting money in your pocket 30 days. Days from now. It won't be a million dollars in 30 days, but it will be money in your pocket. You will have figured out your idea. You will have tested your idea. You will have launched your idea and taken massive action towards building a business and a life that you love. If you already know your business idea, but you've been sitting around and you haven't taken action on it, then you need this guy because it'll walk you through a four week plan to go from where you are to putting money in your pocket in 30 days. And if you've never figured out what your business idea is and you have no followers online and no audience, it's okay. This will help you start at zero. I promise you it's a PDF. It's fast. It's easy to read. It's not an ebook. You don't have to spend a lot of time on this. It's more about taking action and doing the right things in the right order. And it's free as my gift to you. So just go to grahamcochran.com slash jumpstart to get your 30 day online income jumpstart guide. It's grahamcochran.com slash jumpstart. Now back to the episode.
1: And in one of those classes, they said, hey, if anybody has an idea to start a business, you could submit that idea to the state at the time I was living in New Jersey. And um, if we like your idea, we will pay to send you to a six-week training on how to start a business. So I kind of—I had never in my entire life thought about starting a business. I didn't know anybody who owned a business. My entire family had been in the military my whole life. And I just, um, had an idea one day cause I was going to be a new mom and I was like, hmm, maybe I'll start a mom's group. And then I was like, no, maybe I'll start a newsletter. Cause you know, newsletters were the jam back then. Oh yeah. A- and I was like, no, I'm going to start a magazine. And, uh, I didn't know that I – I was too stupid to know that it would be so hard. Like,
0: <laughs> Perfect. That's uh, what you need, ignorance. Yeah, I
1: was just I – ha- I didn't know anything, and that caused me to not be afraid to do anything because I didn't know anything. Um, and believe it or not, I went to the bookstore, and there was a book called How to Start a Magazine. And so I just started doing all this research, and I launched – when my son was nine months old, I launched a print – full-color print magazine, glossy magazine wow. in South Jersey – and that was kind of how I started in my first business was as the publisher of a magazine. Yeah, pretty crazy. I, I,
0: I love this story, like <laughs> for so many reasons. First of all, you kind of just hinted at it that, you know, you were laid off. Was it because you were pregnant? Is yes. that what happened?
1: Yeah. Like pretty much the agency I worked at was a lot of really young people or like much older people whose kids were out of the home. And once somebody like got pregnant, they just kind of like disappeared and never came back. So, Man. um, <laughs> that's what
0: I just, yeah, I just wanted to highlight that for a second because I have a heart for women, um, and, and mothers in particular, um, obviously being married to a mother who's been an entrepreneur her whole life before we had kids while we we're having kids and seeing her navigate that um, which is challenging just to navigate it, but then B, even when she's been self-employed and didn't have to deal with, you know, a boss firing her, the sort of even the, the shame around, like, why are you working as a mother or why are you trying to run a business as a mother? Like, especially as a Christian, if you're, you know, there's not everyone listens to this as a Christian, but if you're in the Christian world, you know, there's weird subcultures of, you know, women who have kids who are also working yeah. outside of the home this is yeah. i've just seen so much of the the shame and the that it's just a hard thing for a, a mother to deal with and so it's just yeah. it's incredible <laughs> it's like if if a if i can start a business great but if you as a mother who have dealt with all of that and literally being like let go of a job because of being a mother can do what you've done like more power to you because that's more impressive than what i've done but it's uh it's your the deck has been stacked against you and it's incredible to see you know, you just like, all right, well, what can I create out of this? And I think that's what was that, uh, that entrepreneurial grit was already in you. Cause you're like, well, what, what am i going to do with this. You didn't just sit at home and mope around. You did something. You started a magazine.
1: Yeah. And I've always been a bit of a challenger. I'm an Enneagram eight. And so, um, I don't let too mm-hmm. many things keep me down for long. And, and so I kind of didn't even look at the situation of like the deck being stacked against me. It just kind of was like, okay, well, this is my situation now, right? Like, what am I going to do about yeah. it? And it's, that's just kind of my personality and how I'm wired is to always be looking for the opportunity instead of the problem. And sometimes that's easier said than done, but I I do think it comes a little bit more naturally to me than maybe some, uh, you know, some other people that it's harder for. And, and so I just was like, all right, well, nobody's going to hire me. What am I going to do about it? Right. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so that idea came to me, it's called South Jersey mom. It's still in print today. Um, I sold it uh, because I did come to a point where I had to make a decision. I felt like I couldn't be a good mom and run a magazine where I had, you know, 25 employees and I was working 16 hour days, seven days a week and um, I had another baby. And so I did make the decision to sell it uh, because I felt like I could not be present for my kids in the way that I needed to. Um, during that time. So I did have to make a hard choice about four years after I started the magazine, I sold it.
0: Wow. Okay. So did you go straight from the magazine into like marketing and, and, and ads and, and paid traffic? And like, how did you, how did you make that jump from that, which is an incredible business to have built to working with the Michael Hyatt's and the Russ Rufinos and, and those kind of people, and even getting into Facebook ads, were you doing ads do Facebook ads even exist when you were running your magazine or were yeah. you just doing advertising, learning it so, in other formats?
1: Yeah. So like banner ads on websites yep. was starting to become popular while I still owned the magazine and right. I want to say in the last year before I sold it is when Facebook kind of came out. Nobody was mm-hmm. running ads. It was being used organically for like people to post on there. So that was becoming like more popular, uh, near the end of when I had the magazine. So I sold that in I can't even keep my years straight anymore. Do you get to a certain age where you're just like, I don't even know what year that happened?
0: <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good with the years. Shay's yeah. that way though. She's like, you're yeah. gonna have to tell me what year we did this, Graham, because I don't remember.
1: Yeah, my son was born in 2006. I sold it, you know, three, or four years after, you know, so I think it was like 2010, 11 that I sold the magazine. Um, but I actually took two years off. I felt like I had been working like a dog. And so I yeah. took two years off and I homeschooled my kids. Um, my son was struggling in school. And so I just pulled everything back and I just homeschooled my kids and I did little things on the side, like selling jewelry and stuff. Like I've always kind of been a little bit of a hustler. And so, you know, I'd sell jewelry, I'd do whatever, but I was homeschooling for about two years. And there came a time when, um, my now ex-husband, but at the time we were still married, got laid off from his job and I had I didn't have a lot of money coming in from the sale of the magazine because I was being paid like in small chunks. And so we went from two full-time incomes to like no income at one point in time. And um, we struggled to stay afloat financially. I started having yard sales every weekend, just selling everything that we had. um, And eventually got to the point where we were going to lose our home. And so I said you know, I need to get a job. Like I can't homeschool anymore. I have to go back to work. I need to do something. And, um, I didn't say I need a job. I said, I have to do something. And um, my ex-husband said, well, go get a job, like go to target or something. And I was like, I'm not working at target. I have a college degree. Like I have skills, like no knock on target y'all. But you know what I'm saying? Like I have a skill set. I'm not going to go work somewhere. I'm just going to start another business. And of course, for him, that was terrifying, and that was the last thing he wanted to hear. Like, great, we're broke. Go start a business. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I thought, well, two different I have
0: mindsets. A- by the way, I mean, I know yeah. we, we talked about this privately, but you know, that's that's a great picture of a scarcity versus you know abundance mindset.
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, so I was like, well, I'm going to start a business. I have a degree in PR. I know how to do PR. I'll just start a PR firm, and it won't cost me anything. All I need is a computer. Right. And I already have one. So I, you know, I'll go back to every client that I had that bought in my magazine, we sold advertising space. So I said, I'm just going to write a letter to every person that ever bought ads from me in my magazine and tell them that I'm starting a PR firm and see if they need, want me to help them get PR. And so I kind of did some old fashioned guerrilla marketing and like just sending out letters and this and that. And I ended up getting like four people that responded to me and were like, yeah, I'll hire you. And so, you know, it didn't cost me anything other than my time and a couple of stamps. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I started out (laughs) like, do stamps still exist? Um, Yeah. But yeah, so that's how I got my first clients for my Mm. PR firm, right? Now, again, I still didn't even, if Facebook ads existed, then I didn't know it. Right. They were, they, they probably existed, but it just wasn't part of my world. Um, and this was in 2013. Uh, and so I started the PR firm. I started out with a few clients. And then one day I saw a post on Facebook from this pink haired lady called Sandy Krakowski that was talking about using Facebook ads to get clients. And, I thought, well, maybe this is a way I can get my own clients, right? Because I've tapped into my warm network and I got Mm -hmm. what I could from that. But now what? Um, And so I started learning from Sandy Krakowski how to do ads. And I just, I I had no intention of doing it for my clients. I was using it to get me PR clients.
0: Love it. Yeah.
1: And um, I quickly, within a couple of months, realized that my background and knowledge and experience in marketing and advertising and PR paired with this new tool called Facebook advertising was unbelievable. I was getting incredible results. And so I just started going to my PR clients and saying, Hey, would you mind? I won't charge you to do this. You just pay for the ad spend, but I'd like to experiment with using Facebook ads, um, to to help you get clients. And they all said yes. And that was kind of how I started in ads, um, was just experimenting on my PR clients. And so that was in like April of 20. Well, I started the business in April, 2013. And so midway through 2013, uh, is when I started offering the Facebook ad services by the end of 20 in 2014, January, 2014, I no longer offered PR services. I said, I'm going all in on Facebook. I'm not doing anything else. I started telling people no, which was super scary to say, no, wow. I don't. Yeah. I'm not going to take your money.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's and, hard.
1: Yeah. And I went all in on Facebook ads and I've been there ever since 2014.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, okay. I, I First of all, I love... I love the organic nature of how this happened, right? You know, it's just one thing leading to another. It's, it's very logical in the moment of like, well, let's try this. You're willing to learn new things. I love that about you, that you're open-minded about it. And then when you've seen a good thing work, you had the guts to double down on it, put a stake in the ground, um, which I think is really hard because what, what you described is harder than starting a business. I think people think starting a business is so hard. I think it's harder when you've had success in a business and you see some new opportunity that you really want to chase after and to do what you just said, which is to say no to guaranteed money or sure money or clients that would be happy to pay you. That's even harder because then Oh, who wants to say no to money when you're broke? You have nothing, especially when you came from
1: losing everything. Right. We had to file bankruptcy like we lost everything that we had. And so to then have a business where people are paying me and me decide, like, I'm not doing that anymore. And people still saying, hey, can I hire you and saying no, it was very scary. Um, But I really felt like this was the place. This was the place for me. This was what I was supposed to be doing.
0: Was that feeling, um, was it just straight desire and like you just saw the opportunity or did you have a, already a couple clients? Like, could you sense like I could make X amount of dollars doing this if I just had more time to focus on it?
1: it was, I, what it? What it was, what happened was that whole year that I had my PR firm, I very rarely would ever get mentioned on Facebook if someone was asking for some kind of marketing help or whatever. Like I would never get mentioned. Well, once I started doing Facebook ads and people started knowing I was doing them, if someone went on Facebook and was like, hey, do you know anybody who does Facebook ads? People would mention my name. And I was like, this is interesting because when I was doing PR, nobody really knew what I did or I did so many things, right, that they didn't even know how to refer to me or whatever. And so I saw that as I made a a choice, and I didn't know anything then about niche. Like I had never heard of the word. like. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't even know how to yeah. pronounce the word at that time, right? I like, still don't.
0: I say niche because <laughs> right, I, niche, per, I just niche. don't want to sound French. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so I, um, I didn't know anything even about that. But what I saw was that when I was doing something very specific, it made it easy for people to think of me and mention me when someone needed that. And so that kind of is what made me decide to go all in that I was like, I hardly get I mean, I've never been mentioned on Facebook. If someone has said, "Do you know somebody who can do this, that, or this?" when it was all PR, mm. because there's so many things that fall under the umbrella of PR, yeah. like it, and and so um, that was the beginning of me realizing. So it was the combination of seeing the incredible results I was getting, and then also seeing how I was becoming known easily. I was easily referable, right?
0: That's so good.
1: Yeah. And so that's kind of what made me go, you know what? I'm just going all in on this.
0: I love that. Just a really good nugget there of seeing how people even refer to you as and what they almost the identity they give you. If you, if you, uh, you know, like that identity, and you feel like there's something true about you it. Make it known. How? Yeah, you make it known. You just double down. Okay, this is what people are calling me. I'm gonna rebrand my it's my Instagram bio now. I'm the Facebook ad person. Like that's that's a very real evolution. Thank you for for sharing that. So you you, you decide to go all in, um, burn the ship, stake in the ground in this direction. Um, how do you, you, you're already doing this for some clients, but how did you get some of those high profile clients? Like you're, you're the person that people want to work with when they have millions to spend and millions more to make. Like, how did you get in that conversation with some of those big names?
1: So I, I always tell people like, it takes one, it takes one client, right? Like, So, what happened was I joined B school. Marie Forleo has a program called B school. And I joined B school. And again, I was in the Facebook group and someone, you know, lots of people would mention my name if someone asked about Facebook ads. And so, um, a, a brand new life coach reached out to me. Her name was Emily Williams. And she asked me, she said, I have some webinars coming up. Could you show me how to do my ads to help me get some people on my webinar? And I had never even heard of coaching. Like, again, it it was kind of that time when, like, everybody was a life coach. Like, I'd go to old school networking meetings and everybody at my table was like, I'm a life coach. And I'm like, what the heck is a life coach? Like, it was that time. (laughs) It was that time when, like, everybody was becoming a coach, but nobody knew what it was. It was so new. And so she... I had never even thought about like coaching someone and showing them Mm -hmm. how to do the ads. I mean, I owned a firm and I worked at an agency. We always did the work for people. So when she Mm -hmm. asked me like, well, could you just like get on, you know, online with me and show me how, what to do with my ads for my webinar? I was like, sure. And she was like, well, how much do you charge? And I, and I had, you know, I had no idea. I had never done it before. so I was like, I don't know, $50 an hour. And like, to me, I'd never made $50 an hour. I I was in the military, right? Like, $50 $50 an hour to me was like rich people money. Yeah. And so when I said $50 an hour and she was like, okay, I was like, holy smokes, Whoa. right? <laughs> and then she just kept buying more, buying more coaching sessions and buying more coaching sessions because I, she was getting incredible results from what I was telling yeah. her to do. So then she started telling everybody that, so the co- the program she was in to learn how to be a coach, she was telling all of them, I'm doing webinars and Adrian's showing me what to do with my ads. And so I just started getting tons of clients. And before I knew it, I had, my calendar was full Monday through Friday with coaching calls back to back to back to back. Wow. And, and so it took like, and so that's where it kind of started with Emily and she started referring people and referring people. And then when I started actually like, doing more of the done for you. Um, I'm trying to remember who was like my first big name, but again, it only took one, right? And so when I landed my first client that was kind of like well-known in the online marketing space, got that person incredible results. They just started referring people to me and referring to me. And so in 10 years that I've been doing this, I have never actually run Facebook ads To get Facebook ad clients. I love
0: that. That's such a great line (laughs) right there. I
1: just get all these referrals. (laughs)
0: Of course. Yeah.
1: Now I run ads for my membership, but for my agency side of my business, where I do the ads for people, I've never, and and that's the key is I just did a really good job and got people really good results. And then they told people they can't help but tell people when they have a great experience, right? And, and so that for 10 years I've lived and grown my business off of referrals.
0: That's Which such a pains cool story. pains me to
1: say, pains me to I say. I know,
0: I was like, are you okay with that?
1: I literally tell people referrals are unreliable <laughs> and you can't grow a business on referrals. And here I am telling you that's how I grew my business.
0: <laughs> hey, at least we know you're honest. At least we now know that Adrian's honest person. I mean, but you know, that, that this is probably part of the conversation where I want to go to is that like marketing, you know, uh, I have a friend, Andrew Locke, who says that, you know, everything marketing is everything and everything is marketing. Yeah. So, you know, the way your website looks like is marketing, the way people talk about you, So it's all marketing. And so really, you know, it, it's, it's probably having so many tools in your tool belt, you know, referrals, like word of mouth is the best and the oldest yeah. known. I mean, if someone says you have to work with Adrian, that's more powerful than any ad, but it's, you know, so it's, it's probably all of the above you got the word of mouth, you've got, um, organic, um, yeah. content, all that kind of stuff. And you've got, you know, paid traffic and then there's a variety of, you know, of paid mechanisms. So talk yeah. to me for a moment about, cause I know you do love organic. Um, so talk, but you, but you really, really love paid traffic. So can maybe from
1: organic, I hate organic.
0: What? <laughs> don't say <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> okay. Here's why I hate why? organic. Tell me
0: why we got to talk because about this it
1: re- because I'm lazy. Like it requires too much effort. Okay. Like yeah. I would ra- I'd, I create something once and I just run ads to it, right? So now, even though I'm not a fan of organic, it, I do 100% believe it's important. And so that's why I do it, right? It's It's not something I enjoy. It's not something I would prefer to do. But what I do know is when I'm doing organic and I have ads running, they both make each other work better. So clients that I have that have like no organic presence whatsoever, their ads will never perform as well as clients I have who have a really strong organic presence and they have a strong ad game, then it's just like magic, right? So I know that there is a benefit in organic. I just don't love it because I, I just don't want to do it. <laughs>
0: At least you're honest. This is great. I, I really honest know number that. I
1: two. Number
0: two, I'm I, now I feel like whatever you say, I'm going to really believe you moving forward. So I, I know what you mean. I have a, a client of mine that I was doing business coaching with, and he built his whole business probably to half a million a year in, in coaching musicians just off the back of like a Jeff Walker style launch model and pay traffic. He figured out Facebook ads early on and just as a genius. And so he came to me because he wanted to build some organic traffic cause he was, it was getting to some limits and like ads were getting expensive. And so I helped him build out like his YouTube channel and cause his organic stuff is actually really good. He's a, he's great on camera. He's a great educator, but he kept saying the same thing. Like, cause I kept checking in with him like after long after our sessions were over, Hey, how's the YouTube channel going? Are you doing this stuff? He's like, bro, it just takes so much time. And I'm like, what's your problem? Just do it, bro. And he's like, I don't, I just want to, ads are easier. So we, I have, we have that joke and I totally get it. So, but talk to me for a second though about, and talk to the person listening because the people that follow this show, I'm teaching them how to build a strong presence, whether it's their podcast or their YouTube channel, and they're getting organic leads and 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 it's, it's working. How should they pair what they're doing already on the organic side with ads? What would be the, the first step for someone to start adding ads, paid ads to the organic side of things.
1: Well, the easiest thing to do that would not require much additional work outside of what they're already doing from what they're learning from you is to use ads to get more podcast subscribers or use ads to get more YouTube viewers, right? Or subscribers. And so there, to me, that is like the low hanging fruit of something you're already doing. You're already putting the work in. Now you're just getting even more from it, right? You're showing them how to get a lot of organic reach. And then the ads allow them to reach even more people. And it's very simple to do because they're just traffic campaigns. You don't have to have pixels in place and all the things. Now you can do that, right? But it's just very easy to talk about an episode, a specific episode in an ad, right? You don't want to just talk about the podcast in general. You can, but most of the time you'll get better traffic if you're, you highlight specifically what a podcast episode is about. And then when they click that ad, that episode needs to be embedded on your own website, right? Because you can't run ads to iTunes. You can't run ads to Shopify. You can't run ads to a domain you don't own. And so you embed that podcast episode on your website Mm -hmm. but underneath it, you could have the buttons. Want to listen on Shopify? Want to listen on iTunes? Whatever. You can have all those buttons there so that they could still go listen on the platform they want, but at least you're able to drive traffic to a page. And then what you can do is you can put a pixel on your website where you're pixeling every person that comes there to listen to an episode, or you would do the same thing with a YouTube video. You'd embed it on a page on your website. And now you're creating an audience that you can retarget Mm. that's super cheap, And you could Mm -hmm. run an opt-in to them or tell them about a webinar you have coming up or whatever you want to do. And so the ads to the podcast or the YouTube is dirt cheap, number one, because it's a traffic ad and you're building a retargeting audience, which is also dirt cheap. So if I had a podcast or a YouTube channel that I was trying to grow, that's how I would use Facebook ads.
0: I love that because I think the mistake many people make is they're got the organic thing in place and then they're like, okay, let's start running ads to either directly to a sales page of a product, which I can't imagine is going to convert very well um, or to a, a webinar kind of opt-in because that's what they see. But it costs so much money to pay for that click or that to get that ultimate conversion. But what you're saying is it's cheaper to put the fuel on the fire to grow the audience to the free stuff which then gives you a, a, a targeted list that you can hit up to even go to the opt in after that. And it's, I mean, that that's a whole different way of thinking about it because I feel like it, people get impatient. They're like, I want to make money now because I'm spending money now yeah. on the ads. Yeah. Is that one of the biggest mistakes you see is people being impatient? Like, let's just go straight oh, to yeah. the sale from. Okay.
1: So you can go straight to the sale. So one thing I want to back up on the strategy that I shared of why it's cheaper is because when you're running ads to somewhere where you want them to opt in for something um, or you want them to buy something, that's called a conversion campaign. You're trying to get a conversion. And those are more expensive campaigns. A traffic campaign is where your goal is just to get eyeballs on a page. Right. And so that's why I say if you just run them to a page on your site where you have a podcast episode embedded or a YouTube video embedded, a traffic campaign will often be half the cost or even less than half the cost of what a conversion campaign will be. So I want to just clarify that on the strategy that I just shared. Now, in terms of going for what you want, I have a belief that each business owner should have two types of ads, one ad that goes for what you want. If you want them to go to your website and buy your $37 digital course, run traffic directly there because the people who are ready for it and want it will buy it, right? Okay. But then you need to have a strategy that's for the people that aren't ready to buy, right? And that's where the retargeting comes in, where you're staying in front of them. You're just staying visible and they might not be ready to buy right away. And so instead you're sending them to your, to a podcast or you're sending them to a freebie or something like that. Um, and I have for five years, I was the director of marketing for Russ Ruffino at clients on demand. And I taught over 3000 business owners how to run cold traffic directly to an evergreen webinar where you invited people to get on a call and sold them a $10,000 eight week program. And I did that for five years. And so you can send traffic directly to what you want people to do. It might be more expensive, but I still feel like. There, and so there were a percentage of people who would opt in for that webinar and watch it and book a call and buy. And they'd never heard of Russ Rufino in their life, and they just gave them $10,000. And that happened all day, every day. We did $15 million a year with that one model. So it works. Thanks. But there's also a huge percentage of people who didn't watch the webinar or book a call or buy. And so I like to have a strategy where I'm going directly for what I want. And then the people who are, people who are ready, they buy the people who aren't ready. Then I have a strategy for how I stay in front of them until they're ready to buy.
0: I love that. I think that's so strategic. So this brings up a question for me, that. I have though, um, can Facebook ads work or pay traffic work? Well, if you're not selling a $10,000 eight week program, like Russ is, <laughs> or like a lot of these people are.
1: Yeah. Um, so it can, but you need to have the right strategy, right? So for instance, if you're selling something that's $3,000 or higher, you can afford to spend more on ads to acquire a sale or a new client sure. because you have such a high ticket offer. If you're selling something that is much lower ticket, it is a lot harder to make a profit. And so you would change your strategy, right? You might try going directly to a sales page and a certain percentage of them are going to buy, but you might also just have a goal to me, every business, no matter what they're selling or what the price point is. If all you use Facebook ads for was to grow your email list, once they're on your list, you can market to them forever for free, right? Until they opt out. You could send them your podcast episodes. You can send them to your YouTube. You can tell them to register for a webinar. You can sell them your, digital, your $17 digital course. You can do whatever, and it doesn't cost you a penny. So if you could add people to your email list, depending on what your industry is and who your audience is, it's going to cost you $10 or less per email address. And if you just had some ads running every day, all day, all year long, where you just had that email list growing... You now have built an asset that you can market to over and over and over again, and it won't cost you anything other than what you're paying your CRM, right? And so I I don't care what your price point is. Yeah. You can use Facebook ads to build an audience to sell to profitably.
0: I I love that. I I think like our minds don't go there because that sounds like, well, I'm, I'm losing money. Like I'm having to spend, I mean, it's what advertising has always been. Like you I'm having to spend money. We're just so conditioned from all these Facebook ad people like, Oh yeah. You know, you're always going to have, you know, your ROAS your return on ad spend and it's going to be this. And so a dollar goes in and three come back. So I think if people are sad, if they break even, which I don't think they should be really. And then they're, they're definitely sad if they spent $10 to get an email address. Um, because if they're doing like what we're teaching that, their email list is the gold, right? You have a, a funnel, you have a system, you've got products to send them. They're already a warm lead because they've come in from something where they've interacted with you. So I just like that you even said, you know, spend $10 to get an email address because that's what old-fashioned marketing was is you spend money to acquire a lead to then maybe
1: buy something. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you circled back around to that because I know you asked me about that and I forgot is that there is this expectation that Facebook ad ads are like an ATM machine. Right. I put my card in. I punched some numbers and then you spit some money out. And there was a time where that was pretty easy to do on Facebook. And so what happened was that became the expectation. Right. Mm. And just like YouTube ads used to be the same. Google ads used to be the same. When they first came out, it was dirt cheap to get like tons of traffic from YouTube and Google and all the things. But it, that's not the case anymore. Right. And so just like everything else in the world, when demand goes up, cost goes up. Right. And so yeah. Facebook ads used to be something, especially when it's new. Right. Like that's yeah. why TikTok ads right now are so cheap, because it's a it's a new platform that's just now starting to offer ads. And so there's tons of uh, availability. Right. But there's not very much demand. So it's cheap. Yeah. Well, that used to be the way Facebook was. And so we live in a world now where demand is high and costs have gone up. And I still, um, even when ads were dirt cheap and you could just make a ton of money from them very easily, I've always had this frustration with the way people view Facebook ads because my background is in PR, right? And so, and I also used to sell print ads. So I would mm-hmm. sell print ads to a business owner and I would tell them, don't buy an ad unless you're willing to run it for six months. Cause that's mm-hmm. how long it's gonna take for you to see a return. Why? Because people need to see something multiple times before they take action, right? We're all busy people. We whether it's a commercial, a Facebook ad, a a, whatever it is, we see it and we go, "Oh, that's cool. I I should look into that." And then we forget about it. And then we see another ad or a commercial. Oh yeah, yeah. I was going to look at that. I need to. I need to do that. We forget about it. We see it again. Dang it. Yeah, I, I really need to do that. I'll write it down this time to tell myself to go do that, right? And so. We have this expectation that Facebook ads are just this magic unicorn that people just immediately click and do what you want them to do. But no other advertising platform in the entire world, history or current, with TV, radio, print, whatever it is, has never worked like that because human beings don't work like that, right? Yeah. I, I mean, oh. and so because there's been so many people that go on Facebook and go, oh, look at this, I spent $5 and I made 50 you know, then that becomes the expectation and they don't realize that it's not the norm. And so I've always, and I think because of what my background is, is I've always seen advertising as an investment instead of as an expense. I've never, Mm. in investments, when you invest in the stock market, you invest in a 401k, you invest in real estate, you never go, all right, I put my money in there. What's my return on this in the same day? Oh, I didn't make money on that house today. I've had that house for three days. I didn't make money on that (laughs) house. Like, you know, like, There's nothing else that we invest in that we expect an immediate return from. But I've always seen advertising as an investment into building an asset that's going to continue to make you money just like every other investment that exists. And do some investments lose money? Oh, yes, they do. (laughs) But I just think that um, some really great marketers have ruined the expectation Mm of what advertising in business actually looks like. And that has created the frustration because if that never happened and since day one of Facebook ads being out, people said, Hey, this is an investment into building an asset that's going to continue to make you money. Nobody would be frustrated with Facebook.
0: Wow. That was gold. I I really appreciate you saying that. And I, this is one reason why I wanted you on the show because I, I view you as, um, an authority in this space with such a breadth of experience. Um, it is, it's so helpful to just reset the expectations. And I think so much of life in general, I mean, you could apply what you just said to relationships, to, to raising kids. We were talking about that before we hit record, like <laughs> raising teenagers. Um, man, expectations, um, really can change the way your, your, your day to day looks like. Uh, and as a business owner, right? Advertising whatever method you use, you have to understand the way to view it and have the role it plays in your business. And I just think there's an, an, a generation of online business owners. I'm a part of that, that grew up in this space. You know, for me it was 2009, which seems like the dark ages now, but I mean like time in the two thousands where we grew up, this was our experience with business where to your point, people that started to do Facebook ads or any kind of paid traffic made advertising look like push button, make money. It's always going to be above what you put in and, It's just changed the way we view the word advertising or ad spend. And so, gosh, it's probably handicapped us in terms of what we're expecting out of it. And I feel bad for people like you that are managing people's ads. If if like a month in, I'm like, hey, I'm not getting a return and I have to pay you and the ad spend like I'm out, you know, like that's hard. That's really hard.
1: Yeah, it's brutal. And you know what the interesting thing is, and this is why I know this is just um, it's situational is because corporate clients. Like big companies that I run ads for, they don't even look at their return for a year. Wow. Like this is how they set a budget, right? This is our budget for the year of how much money we're spending on advertising. And they don't set that budget based on every day going, did we make that money back? Did we make that money back? Oh, no. Cancel the budget for the year. Then we didn't make our money back. They're, they're going to spend a year and then they're going to have a meeting and look back and say, what was our return on this? And when they're measuring return, they're not always me- measuring dollars in versus dollars out. Ads are also about visibility and staying mm. top of mind, right? Yeah. Because like I have a custom picture I had made in my, made for my house, but it took a year for my house to be built. I knew this other company existed and that I was going to want to hire them to make something for my house. But I followed them for a year before I ever even hired them because I was not ready to buy from wow. them. But if they hadn't stayed visible and I hadn't kept seeing all their beautiful pieces of art in my feed, I would have forgotten about them a year later. And so big corporations, when they're running ads, they aren't just measuring dollar in for dollar out. They're measuring visibility, top of mind, you know, awareness. Like, Why do McDonald's and Coca-Cola still run ads? Everybody knows who McDonald's and Coca-Cola are but they still run ads because it's about visibility and staying top of mind. And so I just think that it's the internet marketers that have set the expectation that when I put a dollar in, I should make $5 back, or when I put a dollar in, I should make this much back and it should happen quickly. There's no other businesses that exist in the world that aren't internet marketer type businesses that expect that to happen even with their Facebook ads. Coca-Cola isn't every month going, how much did our ads make us, right? So I just think that, like you said, this mm. industry has set an unrealistic expectation that has caused people to miss out on using one of the most powerful tools that's ever, ever existed in modern advertising since the TV was invented, right? Like, And, and so I just think it's a shame. And um, it's if we all had a different expectation, we would all feel very differently about it.
0: So, wow, that was so good. I really appreciate that comparison to the corporate clients, um, and the the other reasons you just a lot happened in that little moment there, but the other reasons to to run ads, staying top of mind, um, awareness. Um, it so my question that comes from that is because what what you're describing is like thinking about advertising for these digital. Businesses, people doing courses, coaching communities, thinking about it as an ongoing investment. It's, it's almost like you, you know, hiring a team member that's an ongoing investment that's going to help your business grow. So my, my next question is, um, do you recommend for, for these type of solopreneurs doing courses and coaching, let's say they're making between 50 K and hundred K a year um, on, on the lower end. And then some, you know, some of my students are doing seven figures and, and above, but is there a, a target percentage of their business revenue that they should think about allocating towards paid traffic? Um, and does that change based off of how much you're making? Is there something that's like a helpful way for them to even think about how much should I spend if it's going to be an ongoing investment?
1: Yeah. I kind of have two different answers to that. Um, one, there's kind of like a norm that in a lot of corporations, about 20% of their budget goes towards marketing and advertising. And that's different based on where a business is. When you're in startup, it's way higher right? Sure. than when you're in like Coca-Cola land where you're just like staying visible. Um, and so 20% is a, is a good number it, for anybody if they were looking to start like If I'm making $5,000 a month, 20% of that is $1,000. If I could put $1,000 of that aside every month and know that's going to be my budget. If I divide that by 30 days, I'm spending $30 a day, all day, every day. I know I'm going to put $1,000 aside every month. That's in my budget, right? And I'm going to spend that. And as I can spend more or as I make more, I increase that, right? So that's one way is is to to go with the number of like 20% of your revenue. The other way, and this only works if the people that we're talking to right now, if they are in a situation where they don't need to live off of the money they're making. And in that case, if you're one of those lucky positions where you either have a spouse that is generating income or you have a a full-time job while you're doing something that is bringing income, whatever it is, I encourage people to reinvest as much as they possibly can back into advertising. Their costs are covered, whatever profit they want to keep. They've got money aside for taxes and that literally everything that's left over, you could go spend it on a Gucci belt <laughs> or you could spend it on Facebook ads. Right. And so kind of for me, especially when I first started my business, Every single client that I got, I took a percentage of money from every client I got and I put it into ads and then, and I just kept putting it in, putting it, put in as much as I could because the truth is, do you want to do it fast or do you want to do it slow? Right. That's what it comes down to. So if you can do it fast, you do it fast. If you can't, then you just do what you can do.
0: That's a great answer. I love that. Um, and then my, my, one of my follow-up questions is like, do you, how can someone Get started? Is it what do you recommend? Like, do you recommend people like, since you know, a lot of the people that I'm helping, they've got grit, they're solopreneurs, they'll, they're learning how to do the thing. Should they try to do it on their own first? You know, take some education, whether it's like yours or somebody else's, and figure out how to do it on their own, or should they work with an agency right away and just let them run it? Because then you're going to pay not only the ad spend, but the person running the ads. Like, how, how do we make those decisions if we're We've never done it before.
1: Yeah, I'm going to tell you my opinion, and there's lots of people out there who will have an opposite opinion, and that's fine, but this is what I believe after doing this for 10 years. Every business owner should start out doing their own ads. If you can do your own ads, you will be educated enough to know how to hire a good agency and know how to measure if they're actually good at what they're doing. And unfortunately, it is very easy for anybody to go out there and say, "I'm a Facebook Ads expert," or "I can do your ads." If they know how to click a couple buttons, I, I just I can't even tell you in the last ten years, almost every single consul- cons- call I sales call I start with the conversation starts with, "I hired this agency, I hired that agency, blah blah blah, whatever," and it was terrible, right? And so if you can, number one, learn how to do them yourself, you're going to save yourself a ton of money because agencies aren't cheap and that's money you could put into your ad spend. Number two, when you get to the point where you can afford to hire an agency, you will be educated enough to participate in the strategy, in the messaging, in measuring whether they know what they're doing. And so I, I just believe that if people go out and they hire an agency right away and they know nothing about it, they are at the mercy of what that person is telling them and they have no idea if it's true or not and it's going to cost them a lot of money.
0: I think That's really, really wise. That's smart.
1: So Facebook um, has a free program called Facebook Blueprint that basically will teach you how to do the basics of getting started with ads and it's free. So I always tell people to start there.
0: That's awesome. I love that great answer. Um, so just, let's just briefly, I know we got to wrap up here in a minute, but let's just talk about the future. So what do you think? I know there's been changes with iOS and privacy and what's tracking. Do you have to opt in for them to track you and follow you around the internet? And yeah. that's made a big change, but like, mm-hmm. that's kind of a couple of years ago or recent, but where do you think the future is going for paid traffic and how can we as entrepreneurs prepare for it? What should we be aware of?
1: Yeah. Um, definitely a lot has changed. And Facebook is even changing even more right now as we speak because of privacy issues and other things. And, um, they, first of all, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. 70% of all adults in America use Facebook 70%. So like they're, they're not going anywhere. They have the most educated people, the most highest income people, like it, Facebook has that audience. The future of it is what I'm seeing is Facebook is starting to lose its edge compared to its competitors where Google and YouTube and the other um, advertising platforms have always had really broad targeting of like who to show your ad to. And Facebook has always had this super micro level targeting. Like I want to, you know, target a, a mom who lives in Atlanta, who makes this yeah. much money, who drives a BMW and loves yoga, right? Like you've been and, and that's what made Facebook so powerful for 10 years was its specificity in targeting. Mm-hmm. Well, because of privacy issues, they're starting to go the way of Google and YouTube and all of them where they have broad targeting. And that does make it more challenging for people to get the level of results they used to get from Facebook because that's changing. But I don't see that platform going away anytime soon. And they're even making a lot of efforts to bring the young people back. I just taught a course at my kids' high school last week at the entrepreneur class. I taught them how to do Facebook ads and yes. <laughs> 16 and 17 so year olds awesome. and taught them how to do Facebook ads. They had to invent a business and like I taught them how to do ads. So and, cool. And so like that I I just think that um it is changing. It's going to continue to change. AI is going to affect it a lot. There's so many things happening. But what isn't changing and what won't change is people love to be connected to other people. It's become part of our everyday life of going on there, checking it. What are our friends doing? Who is this doing? Like It's a, con- it's a tool for connection. And I don't see that going away anytime soon. And so I think that it's an opportunity for people to... Um, that even if it's changing, even if the targeting is getting more broad, the people are still there, and as long as the people are still there, it's a great resource.
0: I love it. Great wisdom. Well, we have a segment on the show that we'll wrap up with that has nothing to do with ads, unless you want it to be. It's called <laughs> the Golden Rule, um, and I just I just love to know like how people think and what what people value. So it's really simple. You've got kids, um, and they've hopefully learned so much from you, all the wisdom over the years, but if they forgot everything that you've ever taught them, except for one piece of advice or one bit of wisdom that they would carry with them for the rest of their lives, kind of like a golden rule, what would you want that to be? Oh gosh.
1: I, I because I have a 15 and a 6 year old right now, I feel like this is a topic that's top of mind for me. Cause I feel like I'm running out of time to tell all my kids, all the things I want yeah. them to know before they leave the house. So I feel right now like I have like 20 things going on in my head of all the things I could say. Um, but if I was going to apply it to me, this applies to whether it is, um, business or kids or anything. And I'm, I'm 44 years old right now at the time of this taping. And I was married for 17 years and recently went through a divorce. And I can say that in everything I've done in business, everything I've done as a parent, everything I've done as a wife or anything was, um, being really clear on who you are and what you stand for and not being willing to waver for anything Mm. or anyone. And it took me almost my entire life to accept that the way that God made me was intentional and there wasn't Mm. anything wrong with it. And I was exactly who I was supposed to be. And it took me, it took me almost 40 years to accept that like, Oh, this is a this is who I am. <laughs> and like yeah. it's okay. It's okay that I'm direct and straightforward. It's okay that I'm a go-getter. It's okay that I probably talk way too much. Like um but if I could teach my kids or anyone else anything just in life in general is just to is that just know who you are and accept who you are and that know that you were intentionally made that way and don't don't waver. it doesn't mean we can't improve ourselves. I'm a big sure. self-improvement person. I do a lot of yeah. self-reflecting and I'm always like, how can I be better? Yes. But the difference is how can I be better? Not how can I be somebody different? Yes. Right? And so I just would say, work on being the best version of yourself and don't ever let anybody change that.
0: Oh, I love that. I'm, I'm trying to learn that myself. That's <laughs> very top of mind for me. Wow. So powerful. Adrian, this has been amazing. Um, you've been so generous and specific and um, you've painted a big picture of, of how to even think about the concept of Facebook ads and, and advertising in general. So th- I know this is going to be a, almost like a mini masterclass for people. There's so much in here. So thank you. Um, where can people hang out with you, find out more about what you do and what you're doing if they have more questions? Where's the best place we can push people to to check out what you're up to?
1: Yeah. I'd love to um, point them to my website. They can just go to wearepowerplay.com and find out whatever they want about me. But I just want to to thank you um, because I feel like this was so fun and so great. But that's because you asked really good questions that pulled good information out of me. So I can't take credit for the things I said. You were able to pull that out of me. And so I just want to thank you for being such a great host and making this just an incredible experience. And thank you for the opportunity.
0: Oh my gosh. I think you're now my favorite guest because you're the only one that's ever thanked me for <laughs> for asking questions.
1: Really? Wow.
0: Yeah. I mean, everyone's like happy to be on. Everyone's great, but you're that. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. I want to have a good conversation and you know, I, the way I think about it, and this is sort of like meta for anyone who has a podcast or interviews anybody. And I don't think I'm certainly the best, but man, if you're going to have somebody on your show, that's really smart and really good at what they do. Like don't waste their time or your time or the audience's time or the opportunity to pull out whatever you think would be the most interesting conversation you could have. And that's completely up to you as the host of the show. So uh, I've, I've been on podcasts where I'm like, wow, they don't know anything about me and they're going to find everything about me out right now. And Gosh. it makes for a bad conversation. Yeah. So, I'm glad that you noticed that because I'm trying not to waste your time. You have so much to offer. I, w- I wish we could talk for like three hours. I know. And maybe we'll we have, just have to have you back on later. <laughs> yeah, or maybe, maybe we need to do something in my community or, or something else where we can really like break some things down. But um, it's been an honor to talk to you. I'm grateful that we're in the Wellspring Mastermind together, so we can, you know, I can ask you other questions later and pick your brain. But thanks for being so generous and thanks for being transparent and just also just sharing your heart about life and all that's going on. And I wish you all the best and I can't wait to see what God continues to do in your business.